You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, Thursday, sorry, December 2nd, the first show of December. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer Four, you can check out and follow not just me on Twitter, which is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, but also the Twitter page for the show, which is at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. If you see me pointing right now, that means you're watching the YouTube Lockdown Padres on YouTube for all my audio listeners. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all of the platforms, man. All the platforms. We, we're, we got you covered everywhere out here. Unlike Major League Baseball, they don't have you covered right now. You know why? Because we're in a lockout, ladies and gentlemen. That's what officially has happened. By the time you guys are watching this, last night, 11.59 p.m. was the deadline for this new CBA agreement. And that's up. And there obviously was an agreement, as expected. We're going to be talking about a little bit about that at the end of the show. Just give me my quick thoughts on that in the future of what we're going to be doing on the show over the preceding months because there's not going to be a whole lot of baseball stuff to talk about. But also, we got to talk about some big old Padres news. The Padres made plenty of additions since the last time I did an episode, not just for their bullpen, but some starting pitching help potentially, and a new catcher, which is a, a weird one. So... Let's get into the Padres news first, guys. The first thing I want to talk about was one that I talked about in my last episode. It was the Padres officially traded Cash or a player to be named later. First reported by Craig Mish, who does work on the Miami Marlins. Um, He's a really good follow for everybody who wants stuff on Marlins, I guess. This is Padres, but still, I don't know. You might be interested. That team is interesting to say the least uh, but uh they traded for jorge alfaro for cash or a player to be named later um i talked about this the other day i thought it was a very weird move i don't really get it only because look i'm all for like getting players that have really bad stats just in the hope that like they have to be better than what they're doing and you probably can get them for nothing right now. I'm all for stuff like that. But Jorge Alfaro is really, really bad. And some people said, oh, positional versatility. That's something the Padres might need. Maybe he can play left field. Yeah, but he played it poorly. You know what I'm saying? Like I could play theoretically left field. I could theoretically go out and just buy an Xbox or like buy a flat screen TV and an Xbox and Lamborghini. But it wouldn't work out very well because then I'd be in huge debt. In the case of the Padres, they'd be in debt in terms of defensive war and defensive runs and all that stuff. So I didn't really get that. Apparently, it's his relationship with Francisco Cervelli, who the team just hired. And I like Francisco Cervelli. I always loved his energy that he had that he brought to the game, not just with the Yankees, but also the Pirates. Uh, That was just a lot of fun. There was actually that one year where he was a, a, I don't know if he was an all-star, but he was close to it, uh, Francisco Cervelli uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that's really fun. But overall, I thought that that was very just kind of a, a weird move, a weird move to do because not on top of him just being a not very good player, uh, the Pirates already have plenty of catching stuff. All right, they already have Victor Caratini, who is better, by the way, than Jorge Alfaro. I know Jorge Alfaro has got some like stolen base potential and all that, but they have Victor Caratini as the personal catcher for you, Darvish, and then they have Mr. 
Austin Nola, who I understand has not been healthy whatsoever. But when he has been healthy, not the worst defensive catch in the world, decent pitch framing metrics, and throws out runners at a pretty pretty decent clip, which was one of the concerns that the Padres had, or at least fans had, when they first acquired him since people had been running on him a lot uh, since he basically kind of converted to catcher. But he did a pretty good job. But the problem is that he's only played like 60, 70 games. And considering that the Padres gave up, oh God, I got to take a swig of water before I say this. Ugh. Considering they basically gave up Ty France for him, not the best uh, deal in the world so far going for them. Maybe this says more about the, the what um, AJ Preller feels about Luis Campizano, who is their top hitting, you know, scorching hot uh, catching prospect down in the minors. One of their four golden uh, eggs in the farm system. Maybe it means that his development is taking longer than we thought and they want to have an extra catcher for whatever reason on the roster somewhere. Maybe this is some type of competition thing. Maybe they want to replace Caratini or no or something like that. I don't know exactly. Uh, but for right now, it doesn't mean a whole lot because it's a player to be named later or cash. So maybe this is going to be similar to, if people remember, last year at the deadline, AJ Preller traded for Jason Castro. That seemed almost like a formality thing. I don't even know if he played a game for the Padres. Maybe that's the case that happens here. Although, shouts to Jason Castro. I know he had a, um, a big hit, I think it was, in the playoffs this year. Was it for the... Who was it? Was it on the Braves? Was it the... I forgot what team it is, but Jason Castro had a big hit somewhere. I don't remember exactly where, but, um, you know, not much else to really say about that move. Don't really like it, but in the long term, what's going to happen? It's not like we signed this guy to a, a Bryce Harper contract, right? But then in terms of moves that I do like that the Padres did, they signed Luis Garcia, a reliever, age 34, and, and more interestingly, in my opinion, Robert Suarez... Robert Suarez, who is coming down from the KB, the NBP, uh, he's the cop, top closer from the NBP. Hold on, let me find. Hold on, let me make sure that I get this right. Hold on, let me get this right. I want it. Um, the Central League and NPP over the states is ramping up once again. Reports come early. Yeah, NPP and KBO pitching is something that the 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 free agency market hasn't really discussed a lot, and I was surprised that. This was the area that the the Pirates decided to go into. Apparently, it's a one year deal. Um, worth around $7 million. By the way, Luis Castillo's deal, two years, $7 million. Um, A big thing about this is that Mark Melanson, by the way, I should mention, uh, signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks yesterday for two years, $14 million. Uh, so let's, there's actually a lot to talk about here. A lot to talk about. So first, let's just talk about the Melanson side of things. Someone actually was tweeting about me saying, how did we lose Melanson? He was one of the more effective players on the team last year. How could you do that? Like, he did not collapse in the second half. He was actually quite good for the team, which is true. Didn't give up a lot of home runs, which is great. I love that out of my closer. And worked the ninth inning really well, especially with some of the bullpen injuries they had with Drew Pomerantz. And I agree with that. However... It's something I'm not freaking out about because the Padres basically did the same exact thing that they did last year. Last year, if people remember, they were coming off a great season, obviously, in 2020, and Trevor Rosenthal was the closer for the team, and he was excellent. He was topping not 101 miles per hour with that fastball. He was wiping people out. His K rate was awesome. He was one of the bigger closer kind of free agents on the market, and he got a big, big deal for Oakland. I know he ended up getting hurt, so it's easier to kind of criticize and say, oh, we were right on that move, but in basically what the Padres did was decided they went and got Keone Kella and Mark Melanson. They decided to divvy up their bullpen money a little bit because, in my opinion, it's a really volatile position, and they're not exactly dying for it. They went out and made sure they're re-signing Austin Adams and Tim Hill and some of these guys, right? 
I'm just not freaking out about bullpen too much. We will talk a little bit more about the stats of the bullpen uh, in the next segment, but I will say that don't freak out about Melanson. He was very good. I will say, unlike someone like Rosenthal, this guy has such a track record, Melanson I mean, that I would not have minded the Padres going after him, even if it costs a little bit more for more years in this case, right? I think that Melanson had a lot of big games for the team this year. Yes, he was scary at time, but he rarely gave up the big hit. That's what I loved about Mark Melanson the most. No, he did not get a lot of strikeouts. Probably one of the lowest strikeout percentages among closers uh, kind of in baseball. But nonetheless, he was very effective and been consistent for a while. So I wouldn't have minded the Padres going for it. But I also don't mind them going for Luis Garcia and Robert Suarez, who both seem very interesting in their own right. But before we talk about them in more depth, as well as one more signing that the Padres made that was a little bit questionable, I must say, uh, I need to talk to you guys about something very good, all right? I got to talk. It's 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 one of my favorite things in the world, all right? It's it's one of my favorite things in the world. They are the Built Bars, the best protein bars in all the land. I've been talking about these things, ladies and gentlemen, for like a year and a half. I adore them. I had some the other day. They're fantastic. My mom's favorite flavor is Cherry Barcia. They're so, so good. They, they're kind of like Ben and Jerry's, except that it's, you know, protein bars and whatnot. They're healthy for you. So many flavors. Peanut butter brownie, Cherry Barcia, like I mentioned, double chocolate, cherry, uh, cookies and cream they've got. All sorts of really good stuff for you that gives you the extra fuel you need to just be happy with life. But, of course, they're healthy for you. Low low carbs, high protein, all the stuff that you want to have, you know, replacing some certain meals and whatnot maybe when you want to, you know, kind of uh, satisfy that sweet tooth. They got you covered, guys. Built Bar, let's take advantage of it, ladies and gentlemen. Go to built.com with promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. As always, everybody, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag. First listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's continue talking about the moves that the Padres made. All right, we were talking about the relievers that they made. And basically, in my opinion, the way I viewed this, one two-year deal for Luis Garcia worth 37 with wow 37 million that would have been nuts worth 7 million and then Robert Suarez which I didn't see the exact numbers on him who's going to be coming over from the KBO league um wow I almost choked right there for a second um but the 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 expected range for his um contract based on what I've heard is around the 7 million range so a little bit a little bit more than Luis Garcia but nonetheless still very cool here's the thing let's talk about Luis Garcia first because I have a little bit more numbers on him because he pitched this past year. In 2021 with the St. Louis Cardinals, 34-year-old reliever went 1-1, one one, which doesn't really matter all that much, with a 3.24 ERA um, over the course of 33.1 innings pitched, a 0.99 whip, and 34 strikeouts against 8 walks over 34 appearances. His 4.25 strikeout-to-walk ratio, 0.99 whip, and 32.1 swing and miss percentage, all ranked third on the Cardinals' pitching staff and among all National League pitchers with at least 30 appearances. His 34 base runners allowed tied for the third fewest. He also allowed just two home runs and 135 batters faced. Uh, Very, very cool stuff. 
Um, they also mentioned, uh, I'm reading from the Padres press release, by the way, I should say. Prior to being signed as a minor league free agent by St. Louis on July 9th, Garcia appeared in 18 games with the New York Yankees' AAA affiliate, posting a 3.63 ERA with 19 strikeouts and three walks allowed. So Garcia at 34 did not cost all that much. I kind of compare him a little bit to the Keone Kella. Uh, if everybody remembers, I know Keone Kella didn't work out that much, so maybe it's not that's not going to give everybody uh, too much confidence, but it's not because he was terrible. He got a little bit banged up and whatnot, and it was such a low-cost move that I didn't mind it, but I like this. I like that they're going with this strategy. It worked last year. Guys, there's like a four-year deal that just went out to Rizal Iglesias. I just do not believe in spending that much on bullpen unless you're a team that is dying for it, like really dying for it. And we'll get to that in a second in terms of how the Padres were because I don't think they're dying for bullpen help. It could be better, certainly, uh, especially with the injury to Drew Pomerantz, but I don't think they're dying for it. The next guy we got to talk about is Robert Suarez, who's very, very interesting. He's got a very, very good changeup, but for the most part, he focuses on his four-seam uh, and two-seam fastballs. I was reading, actually, uh, an article that broke it down in super nerdy fashion over at Prospects Live um, and kind of, you know, breaking it down that he's just a beast on the mound. He's a monster. He throws really, really hard and then hits you with the changeup at the end because you're expecting all those fastballs that are going at 100 miles an hour. Seriously, the guy can really hurl. And for a year, a one-year deal around $7 million, at least that's what it sounds like it's going to be, that's not uh, too bad. That's really exciting. Um, yes, his effective usage of the changeup isn't like through the roof. This isn't going to be necessarily like, you know, uh, like a, um, what, what's a good example? This is going to be like, you know, uh, Mark Blanton or anything like that. This isn't going to be that wipeout pitch that maybe kills every batter. But nonetheless, I like that he does have that third pitch and isn't just all fastballs. He's a really interesting guy at 30 years old, and he was killing it over in that league. Um, a lot of his numbers were really exciting. ERA was good. Um, you know, uh, 2.3 war he had. He produced a lot of soft contact, increasing from 16.2% up to 21.3% um, over the course of last year. He's he's really killing it. He's really killing it. So I like it. He's kind of an under... I did not know that this guy was going to be kind of available. So everybody go check out that Prospects Live piece, by the way, um, just if you want a deeper breakdown, like the real, real nerdy stuff that I don't even know all that much about. But I like the the signing for the Padres a lot, man. This was really exciting. It's not the type of... there. There is some reports out there from John Heyman that the Padres are interested in Chris Bryant, which... Okay, cool. So is like, and then he also proceeded to mention like eight other, literally like eight other teams. So I'm not ragging on John Heyman or anything like that, but that doesn't tell me all that much because it basically sounds like teams that are in somewhat contention, interested in really good player. Wow, that's 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 really exciting. Like, come on, man. Uh, that's just how I viewed it. But we'll have to see how it transpires um, over the course of the next few months because we don't know because we have the lockout now. It stinks. I was really disappointed that we didn't get like all of the remaining free agents signed yesterday because that would have just been the ultimate chaotic fun ending to the lockout. We did get Marcus Strom, which was fun, but still, that was you know, and also to sign with the Cubs, that was weird. I don't know what the Cubs are doing three years, like 70 million or something like that. I, he has an opt out, so he can make a whole lot of money in these two years and then potentially leave to a contender or get another deal at 32. So good for Sherman, but it was just a weird move by the Cubs. But anyway, guys, in terms of the Padres bullpen, I know that they faded. I know that the Padres bullpen left a lot to be desired in the second half, but one, the entire team left a lot to be desired in the second half. And I actually think that a lot of the bullpen stuff might have been um, a factor of the fact that they were just, they might have been gassed. 
You know what I'm saying? In terms of ERA in the second half, the Padres had the 25th worst among bullpens in baseball. Uh, the only teams that were worse than them, I'm looking at right now, were the Cincinnati Reds, Pittsburgh Pirates, Chicago Cubs, Washington Nationals, and Baltimore Orioles. That is in really bad company. Even the Arizona Diamondbacks, who just added Mark Melanson, had a better uh, team ERA amongst their relievers in the second half. But in terms of the totality of the season, the totality of the season, which shows you how good they were for the majority of the season in that first half, the Padres' team ERA amongst the, their bullpen was fifth in Major League Baseball with a 3.62 ERA. Only the Yankees, Tampa Bay Rays, Los Angeles Dodgers, and San Francisco Giants had a better percentage there. Their war was pretty solid overall. Maybe not as great as everybody else. I would like more from the bullpen for sure. They weren't as lights out, but I think a lot of that was because of their bad second half if they had not had a horrid second half. So what that really tells me is that the Pirates need a couple upgrades in their bullpen for sure. But I don't need know. I don't really know if they have to go all out. I, I just that's just not how I'm feeling about it. I think that they're they're doing okay. I think that they could rely on Luis Garcia being pretty good, even if he is 34 and doesn't have as much of a track record. Robert Suarez is really exciting. He could potentially be the closer now with. Um, uh, Mark Melanson now off the table with Drew Pomerantz hurt with the fact that Emilio Pagan is really really bad uh, so that's that that's kind of what we're looking at I know it's not exciting I know you want a guy like Colin McHugh or a guy like Raziel Iglesias or you want um, before he got signed I know this is weeks ago or Craig Kimbrell bring him back to the Padres or whatever but still keep in mind that last year the Padres kind of did this strategy and it worked out will it work out again I don't know but also keep in mind they have a lot of money uh, currently owed around 190 million budget potentially uh going into the next year so it's not like they aren't spending any money this ain't you know the cleveland guardians you know what i mean this isn't the baltimore orioles they are spending a lot of money and maybe maybe this might not be the last move like i said guys we're in a lockout now there's still plenty of free agents left including some big time hitters that the Padres are reportedly very interested in so make no mistake there's still going to be moves the problem is that we won't hear about them for a very long time not just because Baseball is obnoxious as hell and doesn't make any sense, and I hate that this happens, but always free agents take forever to sign, but also because we're in a lockout, and who knows how long it lasts. It could be two months, three months, maybe it'll head into spring training and what have you, but uh, hopefully it doesn't last um, that long. Uh, I really hope so, but the last move I want to talk about, guys, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that in just one second, everybody, but quickly, I want to give you guys... A little bit of an ad read that I have to now pull up. This is awful. I am really bad at this. What can I say? Um, you know what? No, I'm not going to do an ad read. I refuse. I just want to say, guys, thank you for making Locked On Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Last thing I want to bring up that the Padres did in terms of moves before we entered the work stoppage was actually a, honestly, even more confounding than the Jorge Alfaro move. Right-hander Nick Martinez and the Padres, reading from Jeff Passan now, are in agreement on a four-year, $20 million contract. Sources familiar with the deal tell ESPN. He starred for the Fukaka, hold on, Fukokwa, uh, SoftBank Hawks in Japan this year and had a 1.62 ERA. However, Craig Elston, over at Padres Hot Tub, I think succinctly summed up literally exactly what I was thinking when I saw that this deal happened. I was like, wait, didn't that guy kind of struggle the last time he was in Major League Baseball and even a little bit over there? Yes, he says, wasn't good in MLB with the Rangers, 4.77 ERA. Wasn't good in Japan until his third season, like I mentioned. Um, 
and 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 before that ERA around four. But AJ drafted him back in 2011, so here we go. Happy to be wrong, but this move I'm not excited about. Neither am I. I do not really understand this. Four years, 20 is not the worst thing in the world. It's five million dollars a year though, and for a guy that just hasn't proven it, I would just like if AJ Preller stopped bringing guys uh, from Texas. Look. I understand that you got to love your roots. I love my roots. I talk about my Puerto Rican power all the time. But at some point, I have to decide whether or not there are some things that need to be left behind. And I think the Rangers, it's not like he's coming from the Dodgers or he's coming from the Giants or he's coming from the Cardinals where there's like consistent levels of really, really good production and that people know what they're doing over there. The Rangers haven't exactly been able to get the best out of their pitchers in a really long time. I mean, the best pitcher I can think of from them was like, was it Derek Holland that one year and then maybe... Maybe Cole Hamels, who they traded for. So it's like, and Cole Hamels had been with plenty of other teams before then. So I don't really know how I feel about this move. Four years, by the way, is a weird commitment. I just don't get it. They're buying high. The last time the Padres bought high on a player was Adam Frazier, and we all saw how that turned out. I know he's not on the team anymore and whatnot, but I just don't understand it. You're telling me there wasn't another cheap option in terms of uh, a potential starting pitcher that you could bring in? Is the, was this really the other guy? You couldn't go out and get a Tyler Anderson, who I've been mentioning a lot just as an innings eater. I know Alex Cobb was probably a little bit more expensive, and he's off the market now too. You couldn't just sign Zach Greinke to a little prove-it back end of the bullpen. Not back end of the bullpen. Back end of the rotation type of deal. He looked really bad. His hard hit rate was among the highest in the league. But at least like he's Zach Greinke, and I feel confident about him like being okay as a fifth starter. So we'll have to see what this means. Does this mean... That somebody is going to be out of the rotation. Does this mean that Chris Paddock is going to be out of the rotation? Which I actually would not like to see because I still feel like there might be some upside with Chris Paddock. For us, we'd have to see how spring training turned out. Maybe something happens and the team, like this guy, really did figure something out. Um, a little bit unlikely, in my opinion. He might have just had a really good season. Kind of similar to like Kyle Gibson of the Rangers, who just had a good first half season. Um, but hopefully, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would not want to see Chris Paddock kicked out of the rotation just because, um, what's it called? Just because I think he has still a little bit more upside. I know he hasn't looked good, but I just want to give it a little bit more time instead of Nick Martinez. But we'll see. It's a cheap deal in the long run. It's not going to hurt them too much. I don't love it that much, but it's not going to kill them. A deal that could kill them that if they went wrong is if they signed you know, one of the big free agents that are available. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about that for a second. I actually think that Javi Guerrero might be the person that's um, off the 40-man roster. But again, we'll see what happens in spring training. Um, Speaking of free agents, last thing I want to talk about, guys, is we are officially in the lockout, but we still have plenty of other free agents um, available. We're not going to hear about them for a while because of the lockout and the work stoppage and what have you. We're we're not even going to get any rumors, really. But... In terms of just what the Padres can continue to do, uh, it was reported by a couple people, Bob Nightingale, saying that the Padres are showing strong interest in Nick Castellanos, which makes sense. We've heard a lot of these rumors for a while now. The Padres really like Nick Castellanos. Um, I don't necessarily because I think that's going to command like a six-year deal. He's a really, really good player. Maybe you can get him for five or something like that. He's a good player. would cost a lot. The biggest problem with him is that he cannot play defensively whatsoever. And we already have a lot of liabilities defensively in everywhere, honestly, everywhere. We're still a little bit questionable about Tatis, although I am sure that he's going to improve over time. But still, he is at minimum a question mark right now. You have Machado, that's true. You have Jake Cronenworth. Then you unfortunately have that guy at first base. And then you've got some other question marks. You've got 
In left field, we don't know if they're bringing Tommy Pham back. He was really bad last year. You have Will Myers in right field. He wasn't very good either. He wasn't atrocious, but he wasn't very good. And in center field, Trent Grisham is good, but he's not the type of all-encompassing, you know, Willie Mays type of defender that he's going to be able to cover uh, the, the entire outfield and that he's going to be able to make up in terms of war, in terms of overall value, uh, what you're getting defensively when the other two guys are a minus is if you do that with Nick Castellanos, that's the big problem here. If you do that with Castellanos, that's another minus defender. And you might be thinking, well, we're probably getting the DH. Fair. But that is also a presumption. And two, well, then what about the other guy? What about that guy at first base? What if he wants to be moved to DH? That would be better. That's why I liked guys like Aviseo Garcia, who I actually thought played left field. It turns out he doesn't. He's more of a right fielder, which is important to note because Aviseo Garcia is a better right field defender. He is not a great like outfield guy in general, but in comparison to his position in right field, he is pretty, pretty good. Um, maybe you move Myers to left. I don't know. I, like That just sounds a little bit too out of control for me so maybe the Padres need to go in a different direction I've been really interested in Michael Conforto I don't know if he's a big fit for the team I really liked Mark Canna like really really liked Mark Canna I felt like you could actually put him in left and right and in terms of WRC plus and just overall on base percentage kind of stats he's up there with some of the best outfielders in the league very very quietly over last year and a very kind of happy, wholesome uh, Instagram feed, I must say. Go check that out. He's like a foodie. He just like posting like his foods and being happy and stuff. I love Marquette. I love that guy so much. Shouts to the Mets. That was such a good deal for them. Like two years, 26. I love that deal for the Mets. But anyway, um, there's still a lot of free agents, okay? There's not as many pitchers. Marcus Stroman is off the board, now going to the Cubs. But very fascinatingly, considering that everybody was kind of marking it down, and I am currently recording, uh, knowing that my arch nemesis, Jeff Snyder, is going to be hopping on uh, my little stream and doing his podcast, talking about stuff. But Clayton Kershaw, I thought that that might be, if you were to tell me that we're going to get a bunch of moves before the kind of lockout, you would kind of expect Clayton Kershaw to just re-sign with the Dodgers, that's his team and whatnot. But people that I'm hearing from now is, is, now maybe there's some conflicting reports, but it sounds like, no, there's actually a little bit of a danger that maybe he won't come back. So that would be very, very interesting. And then you've got Carlos Rodon, who's a free agent still. So there's still plenty of guys. I mentioned Tyler Anderson in terms of like a back-end rotation guy. That could be interesting. I don't know if the Padres will go after pitchers now that they brought in uh, Mr. Martinez, but... There's still lots of interesting guys. Trevor Story is still on the market. I'm curious to see where he goes. Uh, a lot of teams are going to be interested in him, I imagine. Obviously, Carlos Correa, the big, big, uh, big, big golden egg, probably, of all of free agency. He's still on the market. Um, unfortunately, I really wanted all the deals to happen yesterday. I really did. I thought it would have been so much fun if we just had a chaotic last day of free agency. You got Nick Castellanos. You have Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant who the Padres were interested in, obviously that would be the home run play because you give him a big contract and he can play a very competent left field. And he's been there before, big hits, good attitude about him, World Series ring and all that stuff. He's just a really good player, so that would be awesome. But that's going to cost a lot. And he's a Boris client guy, so you know he's going to drive up that price like crazy. So I wouldn't be upset if the Padres did that, but that makes their margin of error very very small with the amount of budget they have allocated to a lot of players guys so i know it sounds easy but i'm just and before you say well it's not your money it's monopoly money i know but at some point owners they are going to stop spending right now you have to take that into account with what moves you want to make the team uh kind of go into but in terms of the lockout guys 
Um, it stinks. I, I I hate that baseball, out of all the sports, you would think that baseball would be the one not going through all this stuff. You would think that baseball, forget the lockout, you would think baseball would be doing so many pro-consumer, pro-fan things that they would be the type to be like, hey, fans in uh, you know some, some random place in, in Ohio that don't have any team, we're giving you 30 games of any team on us because baseball is kind of in third place and losing relevance. So I would just think... I say this as someone who follows video games a lot, for the record, just for a little bit of a cross-reference. Like, Microsoft is kind of in third place right now behind PlayStation and Nintendo, and they're doing so many pro, like, fan consumer moves because they're a little bit in third place right now. They're not dying or suffering or anything like that, but they do a lot of these things. Their Game Pass thing and how many games they have for free, all this stuff, right? Their new Halo game coming out that looks awesome because I see it on TikTok every two seconds it's that game looks rad um but anyway like you would think that baseball wouldn't be doing that but here we are instead they're the team that's in the lockout they can't figure anything out they've got uh, on the fan side of things there are still fans who think that watching pitchers bat is cool breaking news it's not it's only fun at the beginning and then you get over it and then you're like you know it would be really fun if i had nick castellanos on my team that would be awesome uh you know what i mean like it's just really really backwards it makes the deadline more exciting too when you have the dh and more more strategy and what you add to your team so so that's really dumb. But in general, it really stinks. I hate it. In terms of the future of this podcast, going to be doing a lot. I'm going to be crossing over a lot with the Locked On hosts. I imagine even the, my arch nemesis, Jeff Snyder, he might be down to do something. We'll talk about the the kind of upcoming uh, bargaining agreements and just more importantly, how the two, how the Dodgers are going to kind of make up for the fact that they lost some big talent. Um, they also re-signed Chris Taylor, or at least they're about to. That's what was reported yesterday. But they still did lose Max Scherzer and Corey Seager, so those are big losses. We'll have to see. And reportedly, Kenley Jansen has been talking to some other teams too. Uh, perhaps the – who was it that was that was talking to Kenley Jansen? Was it the Mets? I forgot who. I don't have it in front of me right now. But nonetheless, uh, really exciting stuff all around. I think that in terms of free agents, there's still plenty left to talk about. In terms of the future of this pod, like I said, going to be talking with those locked on hosts. I just repeated my own thing. I lost my train of thought. Um, also going to be reaching out to just people that I'm a fan of. I did this last year. Um, I did this last year during the pandemic where I just reached out to random baseball people who I like their content and just had them on the show to talk baseball. I hope that you guys don't mind that stuff because that'll be less Padre centric. I'll find a way to make it at least ask that person a question and make it Padre centric. But for the most part, it'll it'll veer away. And I think that'll be OK because we're literally not going to get any news with this work stoppage, guys. It is locked what is what is locked out Padres, I guess is the word you could say, the phrase you could say um, for this podcast for the time being. But still, uh, I promise to do my best to give you guys good content every day that that we are, you know, still on this old earth, still kicking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Still kicking. Uh, but basically, guys, that's almost done with today's podcast. Thank you, as always, for making Locked Out Locked on. Padres, your hashtag first listen every day. Now make your second listen locked on bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets, guys. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Again, I tease the rest of the episodes that are upcoming, guys. This stinks. I hate it. It's miserable, but still a lot uh, on the horizon at some point. You know what I mean? It'll happen at some point. Hey, go go watch some movies in the meantime. You know what I mean? Go 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 watch Arcane, which I've been recommending to everybody. You don't have to have played League of Legends. It's fine. Go watch um what just came out. Uh, apparently that Lin Manuel Miranda movie 
Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom is really good. Go watch a bunch of TV. Go play video games. Go play Fall Guys. There's lots of stuff to do, guys, even if we're not going to have a lot of baseball between now and the next few months. Not even any news. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or the Twitter account for the show, which is at L-O underscore Padres. Lockdown Padres on YouTube for all my audio listeners. A link to the description uh, will be in the audio. A link to the YouTube channel will be in the description below. Um, and also looking to update the YouTube interface. Some people have messaged me saying that there's a lot of like stutters and whatnot, a lot of kind of hiccups in the broadcast and what have you. Looking to... Um, uh, invest in that and figure that out uh, in the in the growing months. And we're going to have plenty of time to figure that out. So, guys, until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.